because every single person would say to us comments like, wow, I've never seen Bitcoin mining explained in such a simplistic way. I'm Rudy Dogum, and this is Wholesome Crypto. Here, I speak with crypto experts, influencers, and entrepreneurs to find out what personally led them to the path of cryptocurrency. Today's guests are Scott and Mallory. They have created the amazingly fun and educational card game, Shamari. It's a memory-based game that teaches kids and adults how Bitcoin mining works. Welcome, Scott and Mallory, to the Wholesome Crypto Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having us. We're happy to be here. Yeah, yeah and yeah, you guys are, I've seen what you guys are working on, Shop Shamari, uh, the board game, and also Goodnight Bitcoin, the book and movie. It's something I love talking about is educating people on crypto in general and Bitcoin. And I love that you're also making it child-friendly so everyone can learn at any age. Um, but before we get into all that stuff, I love to learn about how you even heard about Bitcoin. What were you guys even doing before, you know, going full time into making this board game? Let me know your history. Like, <laughs> like how did how did you guys like? Where were you guys before even knowing about Bitcoin? Sure, I can. Uh, yeah, you want to kick, kick it, it off? off? My story starts first, <laughs> and kind of rolls into Mallory. And you're actually getting us on a day where the history is kind of slightly changing. Where yeah, kind of monumental day. Yeah, oh. Today is actually my. Uh, last official day at my full-time job. Wow. Uh, Congratulations. So after come Monday or come tomorrow, whatever you want to say, um, I'll be full-time Shamari for us for 2022. Um, so we've got to back the story in from there. But yeah, <laughs> so it's an exciting day in our household. It is. Um, we're married for those that don't know. <laughs> um, so I, I um, kind of was the guinea pig going into the, the Bitcoin space back in late 2017, kind of same story as a lot of other people. The mm-hmm. end of the last bull run caught my attention, uh, sucked me in. Before that, um, I remember kind of hearing about Bitcoin for the first time, probably in like 2012, 2013. Like mainstream media? Or did you have like a friend who was, hey, you got to, Scott, this is it. Listen to yeah, this. It was a news story um, on the local news out here in San Diego about the first Bitcoin ATM uh, cool. coming into the city. Um, I just, for whatever reason, always stuck in the back of my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, never acted on anything related to it, sadly, obviously, at that time. But um, that, that, that's the first time I like remember actually, you know, something about it. Um, and then 2017 came and maybe that little intuition from back then had mm-hmm. continued to stick and okay, you know, let's, you know, learn a little bit more, um, and take us where, where it went. And I think my background, um, is a mixture of both, um, uh, public accounting as well as, um, education technology. And so that's where I've been for the past, well, between the two, I guess, 17 years, Mm-hmm. Um, so you're so working the, as an educator too. This is no. So um, I graduated with a degree in accounting, okay. so I did public accounting on the audit side of things. So kind of have the the brain for you know why you know, trust and verifiability yep. and that aspect money uh, uh, kind of built in the back. And then for the past 13 years, um, I've worked at an education technology company, um, building and managing products. So it's a nice mixture of kind of that that accounting's brain mixed yeah. with creativity. Um, and education. And so over the you know past four plus years, um, it was pretty early on that it, you know, it sucked me in. Uh, Mallory was always the supportive wife and went along with, you know, uh, putting money in and then putting a little bit more money in <laughs> that story. Um, but being able to kind of say, okay, you know, recognizing there, there's a gap in the space, like you said at the beginning, yeah. for easy to consume content and education for all ages. Well, you know, the games for kids or adults, the book is obviously for kids. We have some other ideas in the back of our heads as well, but that's kind of the, the quick glimpse of the, kind of my story. And then Mallory's kind of tags along, but also is slightly different. Yeah. So yeah. What's, what's your story, Mallory? 
<laughs> my story is really just beginning. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's kind of unfolding every day. But like Scott said, back in 2017 um, was really when we together started putting some money into Bitcoin. And that's when Scott started to talk to me about it. And to be quite blunt, I really wasn't that interested. Like gotcha. I would entertain the conversation, right? I think probably as some listeners or spouses, significant others, maybe listening to the podcast might agree. Um, so I'd entertain the conversation, but it really didn't, um, you know, it didn't pique my interest too much. And we started putting more and more money into it. Um, and, you know, I started paying attention a little bit more. But when Scott brought the idea of starting to educate our daughter, who's two years old, about Bitcoin, because it was something that he really believed in, mm-hmm. um, and I believed in as well, then I started paying attention because it's always been really important to me to um, provide our daughter and other children that are open to it um, real world education. I, I pretty firmly believe that kids are probably more are um, a little bit like sponges, right? They absorb and they're probably able to retain a lot more information than we give them credit to. So the idea of teaching our daughter about Bitcoin um, and what it meant for our household really piqued my interest. And I think that's when my Bitcoin started, uh, my Bitcoin star- story started. Did Were you guys always into tech or did you even, like, care about tech? Was, like, how, how is that like, so I know for me, like the money aspect of it kind of makes sense. And that's kind of usually how I go about teaching people about Bitcoin and, yeah. and cryptocurrencies in general, like put this much money in, it grows because of volatility and people get excited, but that's like, here's the catch. And then let me start backtracking and explaining how the technology works and why it's valued so highly. Yeah. I think, um, part of the tech side itself interests probably me more than Mallory. Yeah. Like I find, find that interesting. I'm mm-hmm. not like, uh, I wouldn't, I'm not a developer or anything like that. Yeah. So, uh, I'm not going that deep, but it does interest me. The game itself centers around Bitcoin mining. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously there's tech involved there. We've never mined ourselves, but learned enough about it to be able to, to put the game together. And so there's um, kind of that aspect, just kind of natural intuition and, and curiosity uh, to kind of keep diving deeper. Yeah, yeah my background um, is hasn't ever been in tech. Uh, mm-hmm. My degree, I actually have a master's in social work. Um, and right now I work with high school students with various disabilities, getting them um, prepared for what they want to do after high school. Um, and that could be entering the work world or going to a training program. It doesn't really make a difference. So never interested in tech, but I've always had a helping career. So for me, pivoting to this uh, card game that we have in the Goodnight Bitcoin, educating a really even younger audience with Goodnight Bitcoin, helping people um, has always been a part of my identity, whether it's in my professional or personal life. Mm-hmm. And that's amazing because I guess that's always, that's always been in you is educating, helping people. Mm-hmm. And Scott, you're very, very into like, I guess, new technology, up and coming uh, tech that's coming out, whatever that case may be. And it's kind of nice that both of you, you know, complement each other and like fill each other's gaps. But I guess as a side, like, have you always been in like the creative space trying to tinker around with new toys or just more of like, I guess, in a playful manner, like trying to figure out what fun things you can do instead of just traditional you know, hobbies or anything like <laughs> yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. Um- I guess definitely myself. I've always yeah. had different ideas in the back of my head mm-hmm. uh, throughout our marriage or even going back before dating. Like, oh, you know, this would be a cool idea to try to launch or whatever. Um, and so Shamari was the first one that really stuck and took off. And I think um, part of the benefit for the past 13 years of being in my role in the ed tech space is I had a lot of different hats, but part of it was kind of 
product roadmap, um, as well as kind of user experience and helping to to develop that. Um, and so that creative side, I think it's also why I left accounting so fast because <laughs> it have that aspect. Uh, but being able to kind of be both um, uh, creative and also kind of uh, black and white at the same time. Like I like, um, I don't like ambiguity. Um, yeah. So being able to have that nice mixture is, is kind of my perfect balance. So this uh, gives us part of that. Nice. And then I guess uh, during that time you're, you're in accounting, you're learning more about Bitcoin. When did it like really click for you that this is going to be the future rather than just something I'm messing around with and hoping to make a quick dollar yeah. off of it? It was probably within the first six months um, of kind of going down that space. So um, say, you know, early 2018 um, at that time, sometime in there, um, where it was like, okay, yes, you know, things are obviously... It was in that 2018, 2019 bear market and gotcha. seeing the actual number go down, but learning more about what's actually going on in the space. Um, all the smart, quote unquote, smart people <laughs> moving into the space, you know, big companies just you know, kind of using your natural intuition to say, okay, yeah, sometimes you have to ignore the actual dollar value and just follow the the roadmap of what's being built um, exactly. and know that it's a, it's a longer journey. And so... I've always had a lower time preference in just in life in general. Um, so that, that comes more naturally. Uh, so it doesn't bother. The volatility doesn't bother me as much as it might some other people, which I totally understand. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it too. Is like what I'm realizing now, like I was in, I first heard about crypto like 2013 or so. And again, I followed the volatility. So when it was high in price, I was like, oh, sweet. It's exciting. It's fun. Then the bear market came. I'm like, all right, I don't care anymore. And then again, 2017, a new bull market came. And I'm like, all right, last time, all the creators, all the, the developer developers, all the smart people are working during the bear market, developing their ideas. And then what seems like overnight is actually five years in the making. This is when the product comes to life is when the bull market, bull market comes again. And have you I guess for you guys, you've been working on this since 2016, you said? Uh, Sean Marie, only since 2020. 2020. So, yep. so, but you've been you know, in that space learning as much as you can for mm -hmm. those four years. And now this bull market came and now it's time to launch the product. Yeah. That's awesome. And then Mallory, you know, when did it click for you? When was that light bulb moment where like, okay, Scott... Scott's talking about something really interesting now and it makes sense to me and I want to <laughs> I wanna jump in on it too. Yeah. <laughs> He's not crazy. He's well, not all crazy of our money yet. started putting the game towards it. So I feel like you start paying attention uh, when that starts happening. But I don't know if there was a single moment. If there was, I'm going to tie it back to Miami um, 2021. So mm -hmm. last year's Miami. Um, at, so to give everybody some a little bit of backstory, uh, we were at the Bitcoin conference in Miami uh, 2021. We you know set up a table. And at the time, we had only had the Sean Murray card game. So we were out there meeting people, meeting mining companies, meeting, you know, people in the space, mom, dads, parents, you know, CEOs, everybody in between. And the feedback about our product was so overwhelmingly positive. You know, it was really, it was the first conference that Scott and I had been to, um, to sell our product. Mm -hmm. And you never really quite know. Um, we had had some positive feedback from people at smaller gatherings. And of course, you know, we sold some on our website, but in a big 
audience of people who really know the space, you, I, we weren't sure what we were going to get. And the feedback was so overwhelming that we went back to our hotel the first night. And that's when I really thought like, okay, Bitcoin is something I've known that for quite a while, but I also believe that we have a company that is really something Mm -hmm. because every single person would say to us comments like, wow, I've never seen Bitcoin mining explained in such a simplistic way. Or families who had already played our game would come up to us and say, you know, this game is amazing. It spurred such conversation with our our parents or our kids about Bitcoin and about money and about, you know, financial freedom. So I would say after the first night I went home and I thought like, wow, this is really something. Um, And that's when we started talking about Scott leaving his full-time job to pursue this full-time. And then just in the last few months, you know, we've rolled out with Bitcoin, with Goodnight Bitcoin and Scott's taking this full time and mm-hmm. there's really been looking back. That's amazing. And that's, that's beautiful because I think that inspiration from everyone around you in that conference yeah. must have definitely given such a adrenaline rush to keep pursuing, keep continuing. And like Scott, gets, like Scott said, uh, that he's quitting his job. So one day is your final day. <laughs> and that's exciting. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So then now that you're um, you know, working on the game full time, what has been one of like the most difficult aspects of creating a game? I've never created a game before and I don't know the process at all. And I know it's, I don't know if you guys ever had experience beforehand. So what was that journey like of entrepreneurship? (laughs) We We definitely made it up as we went. Yeah. Yeah, We learned everything. Classic entrepreneurs. We launched a, launched a physical physical product before learning curve. It was, um, it probably took from kind of the original idea to first, shipping about a year a little maybe a year a few months um, to actually get it out everything from obviously at the beginning you're trying to figure out okay, what's the actual game so yep there's a, a drawer over there where there's actually you know index cards where the first game was kind of mm-hmm. hand in different ways there's uh, a few different printed versions um that we did um they're pretty crappy uh, <laughs> <laughs> first iterations always are it's exactly. okay you gotta start somewhere yep. the good news is the actual gameplay never changed yep and it was the actual car. So for those who are watching our entire, both the game and the book and really everything we, uh, we do from here on out, a lot of it centers around pulling out these kind of fun little, um, Bitcoin monster characters. Yep. Um, and so in the first versions, so these cards <laughs> represent targets and nonces. Um, and so instead of having fun characters on the cards that you're trying to memorize, we were actually trying to create like blocks. And so there was hashes and timestamps and, and all that stuff to try to make it as real as possible. Yep. Um, but I've been both things, uh, simple, simple is better and, uh, more fun is better. <laughs> and so we quickly pivoted, um, into the characters, which has been uh, awesome because yeah. every kids and adults love them. Um, so the process from there was like, okay, we need an actual designer I mean, we're not graphic designers we need to take this idea from our brain and our paper to a an actual design um so going through that whole design process um going through the the manufacturing process that's the first time um right at the end of that was when the first wave of covid hit so we had to shift manufacturing to a different idea because a bunch of manufacturers got shut down oh wow so yeah we we actually hit i think we started our first print like a month after COVID hit. So like it didn't stop us, but it definitely it slowed things down. And obviously there's always a, a time that you don't know what's going to happen. Um, and then, you know, building a, web, like we said, neither of us mm-hmm. are technical. So um, building a website 
on our own for the first time, um, e-commerce on our own, shipping on our own, <laughs> shipping boxes, um, taxi, Every aspect shipping of it. taxes. It's <laughs> wild. It's wild how much you learn on the way. It's like yeah. things you never thought about, things you just like, oh, I didn't even know this was an issue. And you're just like, yeah. I have to figure it out. I have to figure it out now. And thankfully, you have each other to like talk each other through it <laughs> and support yeah. each other, which is amazing. Yeah, so it was a good year, year plus of kind of learning each of those. The, the probably the biggest time was uh, the design. The design mm-hmm. uh, took a few months, and then the the manufacturing um, took a while. It was a little more complicated than just you know it's a card game. So you would think, oh, you know, card game manufacturers, but there's also a dice, um, and we didn't want to have a bigger box where it's kind of cards and dice and like a plat- just more bulky. Just yeah, uh, keep it as small and as light as possible. So we actually have two different manufacturers: one for the dice one for the cards and then oh. the box is not a standard box size. So we have to specialty create the box as well. So it, 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 nothing's <laughs> ever as easy. As that. <laughs> um, we've got, we've gone yes. through multiple shipping orders with, with our card and dice people. So we're, we're happy there. And do you, that's awesome. And what was the feeling like when you got your first real production ready box? <laughs> that's like, how, how did you guys feel at, at that moment? It was, exciting yeah very exciting absolutely when you have a thousand boxes standing there's um, a minimum requirement yeah. right yeah yeah exactly uh, getting shipped in and you get to go see them for the first time so we have very exciting we definitely remember that yeah um, luckily you know this was all during i shifted to working from home and mallory shifted to working from home for our full-time job so the day our first um actual sale came in um and got the notification on my phone um like i said we have a daughter i guess she would have been like one one at mm-hmm. the time um we have a, a selfie of the three of us holding up the notification on the phone of the, <laughs> the very first sale ever so little things like that that you know mean a lot um now and especially at the time i know uh, i know your daughter you said is only around two years old and how is she taking this book do you guys read it to her every night because you're just so excited that it exists like <laughs> or is she just like i'm sick of this i don't even want to look at it <laughs> yeah um, she loves it. You know, we play a very modified card game version mm-hmm. with her. So we almost just play it like the game of memory. Uh, but she likes she already likes likes playing that. Um, as we hear a lot of other little kids her age enjoy that. Um, she particularly has favorite monster characters, which has been nice. She really likes the purple one. And then she was the inspiration behind Goodnight Bitcoin. Um, gotcha. We both are strong believers in reading to her all the time um, and trying to read her content that's rich um you know that's going to help her so we re- we also read a lot of good night books so good night soccer good night moon you know there's a bunch of them out there so she she was the inspiration behind good night bitcoin and when she got it she was very excited because we put little special things in the book for her so she uh-huh. has two little stuffed animals um a stuffed gorilla and a stuffed pink bunny that she always takes to bed with her so Let's in see. the book you can see on the bed there's a little gorilla and a stuffed bunny and then at one of the park scenes in the book uh, there's kids going down a slide and she really loves going to the park and going down the slide <laughs> so she feels especially connected to this to this book um so she quite enjoys it and we of course enjoy reading it to her as well yeah she always gets she gets to pick out the books she gets yeah. to read every night or i guess every, throughout the day <laughs> picking them up and reading reading herself <laughs> um and so she'll she definitely grabs it uh, i know she was reading yesterday or the day before yeah she was um so she just enjoys like i said the monsters are are something that mm-hmm. um, herself and really kids and adults have really mm-hmm. gravitated towards, which is awesome. So we have some 
some big plans for, for where those can go. Nice. And do you, uh, I guess during your prototyping and testing, were you testing out with your friends who also have uh, children? And how is that process? I mean, I can't, it's hard for me to believe everyone's like, yeah, Bitcoin, show me what you got. There's got to be that <laughs> one friend is like, Scott, Mary, please, like, I don't, I don't want to hear this anymore. Like, how is that like just trying to share that? Yeah. Yeah. You know, we were, we played it a lot with some friends and family, but we're pretty, we're pretty low key on the orange pilling, I would say. <laughs> we kind of take a stance back, you know, mm -hmm. all of our friends and family and gosh, maybe even our neighbors know that we're in the Bitcoin space. And if they want to have conversations about it, then we're happy to have conversations about it. We're really not pushy individuals. So, you know, we're not inviting people over and forcing them to play our card game. But the book has spurred conversation. Um, I have a go on a tangent, but Scott and I were out to dinner one night and my mom was babysitting our daughter and our daughter was doing her nightly routine. So she gets to pick out whatever book she wants to read. Um, she, you know, has choice over that. And she picked out the Goodnight Bitcoin book and my mom read it to her. And my mom has been one who isn't really interested in Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people can relate where their parents just don't quite understand it. My mom's like a real firm believer in like fiat money, you know, like sitting in her bank. She likes yeah. to see it like sit there. Um, so she was reading the book and we came home that night and then she started asking us questions about it. She said, oh, I think that there's, you know, in the book, there's a character called Satoshi. Where did yep. you guys come up with that name? Thinking that we just invented that uh, ourselves, right? And then there's also a line in it um, that says, let me read you the line. And in January 2009, the first Bitcoin blocks were stacking. And she was like, really? Did it just start in 2009? That's pretty recent. So it was interesting to see her bring the conversation to us that time. Yeah, it brings so many questions to, I guess, adults who, who don't fully understand or are first learning about it. Like, that's awesome. It brings a lot of questions to you and mm -hmm. yeah, makes you explain it to them. And like, that's also a difficult part because I know you guys said like, you just also learn about it and you had to educate other people on it. And how is your... Um, like editing process and uh, uh, reviewing process of like, is what we're saying correct? Because sometimes I doubt mm -hmm. myself when I explain things to people, they ask me a question, I'm like, you know what, I kind of don't know how to answer that sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So how is that process like? I think it was a little more scary for the game than the book. Um, since the game, the book itself was written out a pretty simplistic language where um, the facts that we used in there, like we said, okay, we don't need to it's obviously his name is Satoshi. There's another character, a monster named Hal. Okay, mm -hmm. we know Hal Finney. Uh, we know the date. Um, yeah. We know what a hash is, like those those terms. So it's not super deep. So that one was less um, nerve wracking for us for the game um, because, like I said, it, it's centered around Bitcoin mining and neither of us had ever mined. It was just learning, you know, from reading the white paper and just listening to podcasts and whatever else. Um, I think it was really a in some ways, because a lot of the people around us, when we were playing around, playing before we launched it, they didn't know what mining was or they didn't really know what Bitcoin was. So there wasn't really a way to, to test it, to be completely honest. It was more of a, okay, I, I think we got this. <laughs> I, think, I, I think this is what, you know, is actually showing the process that makes sense. And going back to, um, I guess, two things. Uh, before we went to Miami in uh, this past year, the very first Bitcoin meetup that we were able to go to um, it was in Anaheim, um, or I guess it was Irvine. Um, and we were there and we had a small table set up because um, it was a gathering for a hamburger place that was just starting to accept Bitcoin. So um, oh, cool. Brian Harrington, 
um, had invited a, a few vendors from the Southern California area to, to set up there too. And so we had a small table. There were a couple kids um, who were playing. They played for like an hour straight, which was awesome. Wow. And all of a sudden, this uh, this guy comes over um, so, and he's standing next to me and Mallory's, I think you're showing one of the girls how to play. And he goes, the, the gentleman goes, oh, you know, um, is this game uh, teaching people how Bitcoin mining works? And I was like, oh yeah, it does. And he stands there for another second and goes, Wow, I've, <laughs> I, um, I'm the CEO of a, a public mining company, and I've never seen mining explained in such a simple and fun way. Um, I need this for not only like employees, but like investors who I try to explain this to, um, and other ideas. So from there, like hearing those same things from other people in the mining space when we were in Miami, um, that's that was really the validation after yeah. the product was already out there. But we've talked to so many people who, yeah. who actually mine, and you know they're part of public companies and, and that stuff where they say those sorts of things. It's like, okay, we have, we have that confidence in knowing that this game is tried and true. It's also STEM authenticated. So for people who are um, in the traditional education space, um, having that STEM uh, seal of approval, hopefully will help it get um, weaved into kind of the traditional education um, ultimately as well. And what is exactly the STEM authentication? What does that provide? So STEM stands for science, technology, engineering, and math. Um, sometimes it's known as STEAM, uh, mm -hmm. where they throw an A in there for arts. Really, it's all the same thing. Um, but um, it's a way for a curriculum to kind of, one, be uh, guided in certain ways. So if you're a fifth grader, maybe, and, you know, these STEM um, standards need to be taught to you compared to the sick. You know, it's just a gotcha. standardization. So there's a company, um, STEM.org, uh, where they... Um, have the power to go and say, you know, these games or books or shows or whatever it is, you know, they're following uh, different STEM um, uh, education guidelines that that make sense. And so through you're able to get that probably about six months or so after we launched. Um, nice. And so from there, a lot of the activity over the past six months to a year, um, there's a bunch of people around the world that have started building curriculum um, around the game and the book as well, uh, but really the game itself. Mm -hmm. And how has growth been? So you started in 2020 and that's last, it was two years ago now because we're in 2022. But <laughs> how, how has growth been? Like, is it like a, was it growing like Bitcoin's bull run or was it just like a, <laughs> a giant volatile? We wish. Uh, no, it's fine. So we've never done a single ounce of paid marketing whatsoever. It's awesome. just been all in word of mouth or how you and I met, uh, just kind of reaching out to people at, uh, that you think might be interested in and learning more. And uh, the nice thing about the community is, yeah, there's some bad eggs out there, but you know, if people have their DMs open and you're, they, you seem sincere, um, they'll at least, you know, take a look or whatever. Um, so that's really how we've, we've done it. Um, so we launched in uh, July of 2020. So we had about a half year there, just the game. Um, since then, between the book and the game, we've sold a few thousand um, wow. between the two. And then we have, it's over there. Uh, we recently, over the past month or so, partnered with a company called Sats Ledger. Um, so their gentleman who runs it, he's out of the UK. Um, but it's really kind of a, a ledger product uh, where there's two books, um, stickers and other things where if you have kids and if you're maybe giving them an allowance in Bitcoin, uh, being able for them to, to track it along the way and, and do different things. So we're able to, to resell that through the website. And so that's part of the idea for, you know, with me, leaving my full-time job and going into 2022 is to keep expanding um, and, and see where it can all go. Nice. And yeah, I'm sure there's a ton of room for expansion because Bitcoin's not the only coin. I'm really hoping for 
good morning Ethereum or <laughs> teaching kids on how what proof of staking is like too. Hopefully, yeah, we'll, probably, yeah, we'll see where it all goes. <laughs> so then, um, now that you're in this crypto industry a lot, you're kind of understanding the market, the people, the pros and cons. What's a crypto pet peeve that you guys have? Hmm. You can each have one differently if you. You know. I don't have one. I mean, I might just like have my blinders on and have hit the jackpot of people, but I cannot express how like generous and kind and welcoming every person that we've interacted with uh, on any like real level Mm -hmm. has been in the Bitcoin space to us. And I think it's because we have a product that's real and that's, you know, teaching people and there's nothing else really like it. So people are perceiving perceiving us in a positive way um, and we have really good attitudes and we want to learn. And, you know, I people learn from us, but really, honestly, we learn from other people. So all of the people that we're meeting and interacting with and doing podcasts with and, you know, hanging out with at events, they're amazing. Like, I don't really have a pet peeve. I'm blown away by the collaboration and the welcomeness in this type of community because I think it's really hard to find a community that is so, so diverse and all mm-hmm. over the world and yet so welcoming. And- uh, I think mine, I agree with all that. If I had to say one thing, it'd probably still be from just kind of the outsiders and just, you know, whether they're friends and family who still aren't, you know, fully mm-hmm. understanding things or just, you know, the media or whatever. Just, you know, we're still at that adoption curve where you have to deal with the um, the news stories that don't make sense or yeah. whatever it is or or your friend who, you know, they, that's all they're hearing. And then like, oh, you know, Bitcoin's down today. Like, Okay, like that's yeah. not the point. <laughs> I know that's exactly how I feel. Like, okay, I don't care what the price, what what cool tech is happening, what's what's yeah. pub, what public good is being offered now because of this technology. Yeah, and it's that's like we've like, been saying the same thing for the past four years, and guess what? Over that four years, we're fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like that's another thing. Like a lot of the media always pushes how Bitcoin mining is bad for the environment. It's yeah. global catastrophe, and, and to me, I don't I don't see it that way. I mean, there's a lot worse we are doing to our environment other than bitcoin mining um but like how how do you educate on that matter because there's it's kind of like people are always brush off the good that's happening with bitcoin like okay yeah money this that fine but when something bad happens like you said the price goes down some media outlet comes out with some weird viral headline for some new from for some clickbaits yeah. How do you usually like educate people on, you know, Bitcoin mining isn't actually that bad or, uh, and help out, you know, help them learn. Yeah. I guess, uh, a lot of our, from our inner, like actual friends and family circle, they're not even down the rabbit hole enough to understand why that is even a topic. Mm-hmm. So it's not something that comes up from them. Um, and really there hasn't been too much conversation when we're meeting people in person, but I think it would, like you said, just go back to the, to the facts. One, you know, it's not true. Um, you can go find many studies that show how it's actually going to create a greener world um, out there and, you know, go back to whether it's renewable energies or nuclear or whatever it needs to be. Um, and also, you can always flip the script and say, you know, do you know how much energy it, it's costing to, you know, make your dollars? Not just hitting a button, yep. but it's, you know, okay, all the people driving to these offices to then hit the button or getting on a plane or whatever it is or um, if you're talking, you know, if it's a gold person, you know, how much does it cost to send your gold around the world in energy and, and cargo planes and all that stuff? So there's ways to, to combat it and it'll become easier, hopefully, as the years go on. Yeah, for sure. And that's exactly how I look at it, too. Um, now that, yeah, the game is going good, you're growing. Uh, what, what's um, what's your current 
challenge now with promoting the game and expanding uh, everything about it and marketing it? Yeah, I think it's really just um, we're still kind of using that grassroots approach where we're not, you know, one, we don't have the funds to just go do some <laughs> multi-million dollar campaign. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It'd be nice. But at the same time, I think it's been more rewarding this way yeah. as well because we know that all these sales that are coming in, they're from they're from true people that have like heard about us either from us or from somebody who's told them. Um, so it's not just some like Instagram campaign where, okay, I've seen this 62 times. Mm -hmm. I'm going to finally click on it. Um, uh, so there's that. And then I think part of, I mean, part of that challenge was it was becoming where I, I couldn't balance a full-time job with Shamari, um, with our, you know, our personal life and having a daughter and, and, you know, the Shamari side is what's more enjoyable, not only for me, but for, for Mallory and being able to um, have a happier family life and relationship and, you know, see where we can take everything. So that'll hopefully leave part of the challenge uh, that we've faced over the past year uh, with growth. And then I think it'll just be figuring out which of these ideas we want to, you know, tackle in which order and how many can be done and um, which we need help with and which we don't. You know, like I said, we we literally do everything ourselves. Mm -hmm. So whether it's updating the website or creating new product or sitting at the kitchen table and packing boxes, uh, Mallory writes a hand uh, signed card with every shipment that goes out. Um, so it's, it's really a labor of love. That's amazing. What's uh, I guess, how many countless nights have you guys had just putting boxes together? <laughs> those yeah. are good nights. Yeah, those are, I would say, yeah, almost every night. I mean, every night or every morning we're packing boxes. Wow. Going to the post office almost every day. Do they know it's you great. there now? They go, hey, hey guys. <laughs> they should. <laughs> Except we live in a very busy town, yeah. very busy city. So, and luckily, there's a, a little drop area that we don't have to wait in line. Gotcha. Just, you know, we drop just it take in, it, walk in, and walk go. out. Um, it's usually accompanied by having to stop at the park afterwards with their daughter. So she, <laughs> she gets upset if we go to the post office, but don't get to go to the park. Uh, yeah, you guys got a routine there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on how many boxes we have, sometimes we can ride our bikes there too. So nice. that gets her even happier. Wow. And um, yeah, that's the thing about crypto too. It's such like a consuming industry, all that information dump in your head, just trying to learn as much as you can, as, much, as fast as you can. You know, what, what do you two do outside of crypto? <laughs> what hobbies do you have other than your work? But like, what, what do you do to keep yourselves like entertained from crypto? Or is this just like, this is like... Yeah, well, I think crypto is a hobby of ours, but outside of crypto um, and outside of being parents, which is also a number one hobby of mine, yep. uh, we're very big into scuba diving. Scuba diving? So, Did not yeah, see that coming. scuba dived almost all over the globe, uh, many different islands and countries, and it's it's an amazing hobby, and it's taken us all sorts of places, and we've met in, you know incredible, interesting, adventurous people along the way and had some delicious meals as well, uh, wow. but... Belize is probably our favorite scuba diving location. We try to go once a year, um, as well as some other trips too. So we're big into traveling and scuba diving. Um, what else? Uh, besides traveling, uh, I'm a big baseball fan. So yeah. okay. during the season, you'll you'll find me and uh, uh, Charlotte and Mallory down at, at the stadium, um, letting her run around. She actually has her first baseball practice again tomorrow. So sports uh, <laughs> is up there for us. That's awesome. Uh, and then. Uh, just kind nutrition and health. Yeah. yeah. We're always exercising every morning and that sort of thing. So <laughs> that's just amazing. 
<laughs> living a typical San Diego life in many ways. <laughs> so, Always in flip flops and near the beach. Oh man, I, maybe I should move out there now because yeah, it's snowing here. So <laughs> yes, please come and visit. It's it's known as America's best city for a reason. I think you're right. I should. <laughs> uh, so, have any of those experiences like help influence the characters and the monsters? So, if you're scuba diving a lot. Do you think some type of subconscious mindset was like, this character can have like some type of amphibian-like <laughs> features? That's a good question. That's a good one. Yeah, we haven't had that question the before. First no. I don't but- think so. All of the characters were just create. I guess it's just creativity and then built around certain areas of Bitcoin. So a lot of them are holding a Bitcoin. Some of them are on top of Bitcoin, like actual coins, coins right? but with beads on them, mm-hmm. uh, stacked on top. Yeah. I would say it's a creative aspect. But the one uh, connection back to it that I would say is part of the reason that um, uh, we're passionate about Jean-Marie is because of the scuba diving side of things or because of the travel things, because that's kind of the, um, the type of environment we want to build for our daughter where, you know, if we want to go and, you know, work from Belize for two weeks or mm-hmm. work from wherever for a few weeks, um, that's what we want to be able to do. So I would say that scuba diving has influenced Shamari in the sense that it that's our lifestyle um, to be able to have that sense of freedom, which many times can't happen if you're working a more traditional job. And so that's kind of the the emphasis for for partly why you know I'm making this step and, and leaving this year so that we can knock on wood um, <laughs> have to do that forever. <laughs> I hope so too. Now for those I don't know, where did the name Shamari come from? Yeah, good question. Uh, so the A, so SHA, so SHA-256 um, is the algorithm algorithm that's used um, as part of the mining process. And then MORI um, is the end of the word memory, since the game is set around the game memory. So smash those two things together and, and you get Shamari. <laughs> How long did it take you to come up with that? Was that just like a quick, oh yeah, it makes sense? Or I think it came pretty quick once the, um, the analogy back to the game of memory came into play. Um, I remember it kind of not being a, a difficult thing, um, but it was probably more figuring out what the actual gameplay was that took longer. Mm-hmm. Was there a runner-up for a name? I don't. I don't remember I'm sure there were. I'm sure there were <laughs> things, but honestly, I don't remember. I don't remember either. It might be like a saved uh, Word document on my computer somewhere with names. I don't know. I know. That's how I am too. And I was thinking up different names for this podcast. I'm like, who am I? What am I? What am I talking <laughs> yeah. about? Should I put it's a character in there? Name. It's hard. It seems yeah. easy once you get it because it's like a light bulb. Oh, I got it. This is yeah. it. But it takes a while. Well, and it was also actually, you know what? There probably were a few other names because um, part of it was then, okay, you know, is the URL available? Uh, those sorts of things. Yeah. And so luckily, Jean-Marie was, was still out there, not surprisingly, since it's a made up word. But you never know. <laughs> I like it. It's a good name. I love it. I think it's perfectly fit for Bitcoin's purpose. On Twitter. So like on Twitter, we're play Jean-Marie. Mm-hmm. Instead of summary, because there's somebody out there they I don't think they've ever tweeted in their like 15 years they've had. That's the worst. <laughs> Why do they still have their account? Yeah, <laughs> but that's fine. We we got play Shamari now. That's awesome. Um, let's see. So for I guess one of my last questions I'd like to ask is to really know is um what is your favorite wholesome crypto moment? Hmm. You're in this industry for a while, yeah. seeing a lot of different things. What's a time where you're like, oh wow, this is makes me smile? I think there's a few of them. I'll say one that was very wholesome. I would actually go back to the, um, uh, that first meetup we were at and there was the two little girls and one little boy, um, between what, like six and eight years old, mm-hmm. something like that. And just, um, being able to, they picked up the game right away, started playing themselves. 
like I said, for probably an hour at least. Um, and, uh, just kind of seeing the beaming smiles on their faces while they were playing or every time they, um, they mined the next block and got a reward. Um, that was probably one of the ones that sticks out just because it was the first physical event we were able to go to. Um, and first time outside of seeing people that we knew who are always going to not, um, be the most reliable, but actually just completely strangers and kids nonetheless, Mm -hmm. um, enjoy playing. Uh, that was probably uh the first one that pops in my head what about you mallory yeah um we had i had a conversation uh with a parent and she was explaining to me that the game had brought her family closer together because it's actually it's an individual game but it's quite collaborative as well Mm -hmm. so in traditional games there's one winner and everybody else is the loser but in this game everybody is working together to mine the blockchain to a block height of 10. And if you do that, the game wins. And whoever has the most individual Bitcoin rewards is the individual winner. But really, everyone together worked collaboratively to accomplish a task. And when she said that, you know, it it really I think it was a wholesome moment um, just to think that something that we made, you know, in the living room of our house had helped families, you know, come together and do something collaboratively and felt good. Like it made me feel better. That's very rewarding, too, is like just seeing that feeling that like what you're doing, what you're creating is going to fruition like you're, you're creating yeah. something amazing and people are learning from it and using that every day like that's that's knowledge they're gonna have forever you know it's it's like a disney movie yeah. you're never yeah. gonna forget it it's always gonna be part of you it's gonna be something you're gonna, going to remember and use when you grow up because as we all know bitcoin is here to stay like that's yeah. that is the future and other mm-hmm. cryptocurrencies as well yeah but no it's always fun you know we it never gets old seeing no. pictures or uh, comments come in from people around the world you know showing how they're playing with their kids or their family or, or like we said, the games for adults too. We have drinking game instructions uh, to be able <laughs> drinking games. So, um, uh, uh, being able just to hear about how it's bringing people together. A few months ago, we heard of a, uh, a family it was two kids, mom, dad, and then, uh, grandparents who were all playing. And then a few weeks later, the grandfather went out and started to learn how to mine Bitcoin himself from initially just playing the game. So, that's another wholesome moment where you can think <laughs> of a, awesome. a, a grandpa who never had done any, been mining himself, just got interested from from playing the game with his grandkids and then went out and started learning the process and, and setting up um, an ASIC, which is crazy. You two are spreading, creating a whole new generation of like, <laughs> educated crypto users. And that's definitely something we like all love and appreciate in the crypto industry is educators, people are who are helping us genuinely understand and learn. So definitely thank you so much for creating this and sharing it. And I'm definitely going to purchase one today. No. <laughs> right after we this. It. No, thank we, you. Uh, made a discount code for anybody who's who's listening. Uh, but if you drop wholesome 10, um, oh. the number 1010 um, into the uh, at checkout, um, you'll be able to get 10% off your order. So uh, feel free to uh, utilize that to your heart's content. Awesome. We got to tell them where they can go. Yeah. And yeah. shamari.com. Yeah, so. S-H-A-M-O-R-Y.com is our website. You can buy all three of our products. And there's even a bundle if you want to buy all three together at a discount price. Or you can buy the game on Amazon. That's amazing. You heard it, folks. Wholesome10 and shamari.com. Definitely head there now and get that because I'll definitely put that in the links too so everyone else knows. Perfect. And expect a purchase from me. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank it was you. so nice chatting with you today. You too. Thank you. Have a great day. Everybody. See you guys. Bye, Bye guys.